podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. The boys are back, and it is Farmageddon week. I'm still giving Grant a little bit of COVID time. Make sure to uh, tweet at him. Make sure you, you know, check in on Grant. I'm sure he'll be back for the Iowa State, the Farmageddon preview. But I figured to kick off Farmageddon week, there's only one other human in this world who could kick off this week with us, the Boneheads, and that is Mr. John Kurtz. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, I would like to send my condolences out there to uh, COVID boy Grant. I'm sorry that uh, that he can't be with us. Yeah, he, he's bouncing back. I, I'm give, I've given him a few shows. We we did back to back shows for the uh, Oklahoma State Review and then the Q and A, and he he was on fumes by the end of it. So I thought I'd give him a nice long break, uh, be be able to just fully recover, focus on everything, and. I'm sure he'll be back for the next episode or the one after that. Uh, I have to give you a little bit of pub just for full transparency for folks listening. We're recording this on a Friday evening, a Friday the 13th evening. You just got done calling a pretty great, uh, you know, senior night for the K-State women's soccer team, getting a 2-0 victory over Texas Tech. I got to say, uh, you know what? You, you aren't British, but you are pretty good on a soccer call. How fun was uh, calling that 2-0 win? Well, I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, yeah, it was a really nice win for the program. So they had won two Big 12 games in their first three years of being a Big 12 program. Uh, 2016, they didn't play an actual Big 12 schedule. So they had two Big 12 wins combined coming into this year. They've now won three games this year. So it's a nice step uh, for Mike Beattie and company. And they beat Texas Tech 2 to nothing, who was the preseason favorite to win the conference. So uh, it was a really nice win to end the year. Um, I, I also – I very much appreciate that you're being nice to me about the soccer call because I have to admit, I enjoy doing it. And I – like TV, I, I love. And I, you know, full transparency, I wish I was doing more. Um, I, I would take any opportunity that I could get. But soccer is the one where I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit in faking until you make it mode because I – listen, my soccer knowledge and, like, any soccer terms that I throw out there that are actually correct are from playing FIFA, you know. Like, when I was in college, like, I played – well, even high school, there's probably like a five or six year stretch there where like FIFA was my go-to game. So that's pretty much where my knowledge comes from. But I try to just stay in my lane. Uh, I don't try to do too much. Let Oscar, who's a great color analyst, uh, take over on some of that stuff. And just try not to sound like uh, like an idiot to people who really watch soccer like yourself. So sounds like that was mission accomplished. Yep, it, it was good. It was a good senior night. I think they actually brought in a, a pretty athletic recruiting class as well so I'm hoping the beanie and the squad 
uh, you know, can build on this and have a good year next year. Let's start talking some Farmageddon, though. But before we do, football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be able to go to any games, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. You can either fade or follow the John and Vegas picks over at Bet Online. And they, guess what? Bet Online, they're going the extra mile to make sure you can gamble on everything imaginable this season spreads, totals, props, all you could want over at Bet Online. Go vote for Patrick Mahomes, the real MVP of the NFL season. Don't let the fake news media pressure you into betting for Russell Wilson just because he's never won it. That's if you want a sham election. It's the shadow campaign by the mainstream media to elect Russell Wilson, MVP of the NFL. So get over to Bet Online and use promo code Armchair. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your sports book wagering experts all right let's jump into it this is the question that i've started hearing quite a bit mainly among some of the older k-state fans and i think and we'll, we'll get to it in, in a bit my theory behind it but do you consider iowa state football a rival i would say that like right now i think so and i don't think there's anything wrong with that like i i can understand somebody coming at it with a more old school mentality and saying like, no, we can't let that be. It certainly wasn't back in the day. And I mean, it really wasn't even, I mean, when I was in college, I didn't, I was in college from seven to 11. Um, I didn't really care much about Iowa state at all. We thought it was kind of a joke playing the games at Arrowhead and, and all of that, but I, things evolve and things change. Right. And rivalries can come from wherever it is that they come from. I don't think it has to be something that came about, you know, a hundred plus years ago. And some of this has been about social media and some of this has been about Iowa state becoming yes, better, uh, a better program. They really have under Matt Campbell. I think the obvious friction here is that the relative value of Matt Campbell compared to what his value is estimated to be by most of the general public of the college football world doesn't exactly mesh. And that's some of the tension that's here between K-State and Iowa state. But I think especially for a certain generation of fan, like the younger generation of fan that's on social media, it's absolutely turned into uh, a rivalry and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm just, college football is great because of stuff like this. This is why we love college football because of rivalries, weird things on the internet, like college football, I think naturally lends itself to being, um, I think the best sport for Twitter and the best sport for just weird goofy hijinks on the internet uh, weird, goofy podcast like the Solid Verbal, I think, really encompass what college football is all about. So, hell, man, just embrace it. No need to be um, old stick in the mud about this whole thing. Iowa State's arrival, and that's okay. Yeah, and, and so my, my whole theory about it is the younger generation, the social media generation, even, you know, you know, j just the folks who are involved with it, it is a rivalry, and I think it does come from basically K-State fans – trolling Iowa State fans on tw Twitter and them taking the bait. I think that's 100% where it comes from. And then being able to have the access to how arrogant they are about their standing in the college football world and the love Matt Campbell gets. I think that's 100% why, you know, the quote-unquote millennial generation does consider them a rival and the folks on Twitter don't. Uh, do you think that this – I didn't have this in the outline, but do you think – and, and we, we only have an exact look at different fan bases, but do you think this is the most Twitter-centric or the most social media-driven rivalry in college football today? 
Oh boy. I don't feel like I am. I don't know that I have a good enough grasp on everything else to know that specifically. Like I would be, I would actually love to, to, if somebody could take me on like a nice tour, a nice Twitter tour of what, Ohio State, Michigan, what Alabama, Auburn, what. But, uh, but those have like real history, real hatred. I'm saying like, hey, this is the, this is the Twitter. It, it was born of social media and it lives mainly on social media. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I can come up with anything that, that would, pardon the pun, rival it that I can think of off the top of my head. But I also don't, that just, that's one of those that I hesitate to answer yes, because it seems like such a, such a broad scope of like different things that could be out there that I'm really not aware of. Um, so I don't know, but I, de- I but I, I don't think that should diminish like what this is and how fun this is and what it's turned into. And you're absolutely right. A lot of it is Iowa state fans taking the bait. Um, but a lot of it really is just like, I think what makes college athletics great. Like Iowa state wants to take pride in what they have because they have not been a good football program. And for the longest time, there, there's a lot of jealousy at looking at K-State. Iowa State's a school with a bigger enrollment, um, bigger student body, and they've had to watch little old K-State kick their ass up and down for 20, 30 years in, in football with the kind of program that, like, they would aspire to have with a coach who stayed for a long time, who was clearly great at turning around a program. So a lot of the archetypes are still there in their program, and they want to jump the gun and get ahead of themselves and what it is that they actually have relative to what K-State's actually had. And so there's like, you know, big brother, little brother syndrome there. But we do have to admit, K-State fans, let's look in the mirror here. Like this, this would not be what it was if Iowa State were still the Paul Rhodes program that was winning three games a year. Iowa State has done some things for themselves and made them at least a, a moderate threat. And that that's why this has become something that's uh, that's really fun. And as much as I posture that Iowa State is is terrible and the Matt Campbell and five losses thing, well, there is a lot of truth to that. Um, I do very much appreciate it. Like, I appreciate the fact that they are better than they were because it adds another fun game on the schedule. Definitely. At what point did Farmageddon stop being just a joke meme and actually kind of turn into a bit of rivalry in your eyes? Well, I feel like, uh, I feel like 2015 has to be like the – the beginning of it like because that game was so I don't remember what social media was like specifically for that game but just because that game was so ridiculous and how it went down and how everything happened that's when I think it started entering like meme territory where it's like okay Iowa State really is never going to actually beat K-State in this whole deal right I mean if they're not going to win that game what game is it that they're actually going to win I think that was like the genesis of it going from just being like another team that K-State beats down to like, okay, this is something we can laugh about and like make fun of somebody for. And then Matt Campbell coming in obviously really ramped that up because there was so much excitement about him. And then his first year was the Skylar Thompson to Isaiah Zuber, right? So that's another one of those that Stan Weber adds in the K-State always beats Iowa State. So, you know, that that's where it really started to pick up steam. And then I think it was like 2018 was where it just, you know, throw all the gas on on the fire with what happened in that game and everything that was going on with K-State and Snyder. That was just a freaking wild ride. So that's how I would trace the timeline there. I would say that it, it started, the genesis of it was in 2015. And then by 2017, 2018 is when we really had what it currently is. Yeah. You, like Grant and I, love to poke fun at Iowa State. And because of that, 
honestly, it's become one of the more important games of the year, at least for, you know, our, the social media brand, the bets and all that type of stuff. If you were going to go back and tell, you know, 2011 John Kurtz, you know, just hanging out, just slinging beers as a student and said, hey, you know, this game is going to, at least for your, you know, personal brand and jokes on Twitter are going to be maybe the second most important game on the schedule. What would you, what, what would 2011 John Kurtz say to that? Boy, I'd be pretty stunned. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would be pretty shocked. I I don't know which way I would take that. If I would take that as, man, we have really let ourselves go. Or if I would take that as, all right, I guess Iowa State really does have something uh, up and coming here. I think I would probably lean toward the, the former. <laughs> like, hey, that means the program's really falling here. But, yeah, I don't know. That'd be really interesting to know what 2011 John would think about it specifically. Um, I think in general, though, 2011 John would have the same sort of attitude about it. Like, hey, man, if that's if it's going to be fun and if you explain to me, like, how exactly everything was going to unfold and, like, how social media would become such a big part of it and just how much, you know, like, I was on Twitter in 2011, but I didn't embrace it certainly the way that I would, like, three, four years later when I really started getting into it. I think if you would have laid out all those terms to me and like how, how much fun you can have with social media in the context of college football and games and rivalries, I'd be totally on board with it. Like whoever it is, you know, just another uh, regional rival that, that we can have fun with. I, I'd be on board with it, but definitely would be shocked. I, in 2011, me would, would really be shocked by that. Yeah. So what is it about Iowa State in – ignore the way I, I phrased in the outline, but what is it that you enjoy uh, poking fun at them? I know on our – podcast we enjoy going after them because at least for the last three years they've tried to be anointed as a top team only to again fail to re reach nine wins end up with the five losses uh you know just this inflated self-importance is there any one thing where you're like okay I know I'm going to have fun making fun of this and it's never going to get old well I think they're just dorks right like I think I think they're just dorks I mean it's like this uh you're like watching a little puppy like run around in circles and just run itself ragged and get tired. And you're just like, Oh, that's cute. <laughs> you know I mean? Like that's cute. You guys, Hey, you got your little football program going now. All right. Like you're, you know, you're not a three win team. You guys actually can play some uh, competitive games and you win some now and then like, that's cute. That's cool. You know, when you guys win 11 games once, let alone six times in seven years or, you know, get a, an actual Hall of Fame coach in there or, you know, uh, make a Big 12 championship game. That'd be nice. Uh, something like that. Like, let me know. Um, but I think it's that whole aspect where it's like you see you see the world through their eyes where if they've had nothing. You know, they've been wandering through this desert forever and somebody handed them a bottle of Dasani and it's like, wow, this is a, this is a waterfall. And you're like, no, it's, it's actually a bottle of water, but like, that's cool. You know, you guys do your thing. I think that's the funny part of it to me. So it's in essence the same thing that you're saying, but it's just more like this. Okay, you guys think you found your Bill Snyder. Like, first of all, let's let's make sure that this guy is e even in the same league as Snyder when it comes to being a coach. But then let's talk about him actually sticking around for the long haul because you'd have to admit Snyder is incredibly rare for that. It's even more rare, I would say, nowadays in 2020 with like the climate of where things are at. So like, you know – if Matt Campbell is going to be around at Iowa state for decades, like Snyder was, I don't think he can be better than he is right now. He's going to have to stay this guy, Mr. Seven and five, 
You know, I mean, Pitbull's Mr. 305. Uh, Matt Campbell's Mr. 7-5. and five, And uh, he'll have to stay that if he's going to be around uh, Ames, Iowa very long. I love that. So we're eight days out from the game actually being played. A lot of stuff is going to change. Hopefully going to get, uh, you know, some reports back on Briley Moore, your guy, and some other injuries for K-State. And we have no idea what's going on up in Ames, Iowa. But where's your gut at? You know, eight days out when we're recording this, folks will be listening to this six days before the game's played. Man, I hate to admit it, considering all the checks I've written and everything I've said, but my, my gut's not in a great place. Now, my my gut was not in a great place for the Oklahoma State game, uh, for K-State even making it very competitive. And uh, obviously, that turned out to be wrong. And it does seem like Kleiman always has like a surprise to, to pull out of the bag. I don't know that I felt great about the game last year, for instance, against Iowa State. And, and K-State went out and really controlled that game. And won it so but it really is it's so much about like the personnel and the attrition and help they don't have any tight ends that they can even practice with this week like the two young guys are contact tracing and they can't actually be out there and practice and then Sammy Wheeler poor kid poor kid is out for the year again and then Briley's got his injury uh uh why am I blanking on his name Nick Lenners is playing through an injury already right now so, like, the tight end's a really important part of the offense. And we know the receivers already aren't very good. Like, I just – you still have a young quarterback. And Iowa State is a pretty good defense. I mean, I've, I've got confidence they'll make it a competitive game. But I don't my, – my gut right now would tell me that K-State does lose. Yes, I am mentally preparing myself for having to spin zone whatever it is that I'm going to do uh, the week after <laughs> with those shows and whatever it's going to be. Because I – I, I do feel like Iowa State is in a much better position, obviously, to go out and win the game. And that's basically going to put them in Arlington. So I hate hearing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's <laughs> freaking Baylor, man. Like Brock Birdie's out there like Oprah trying to you get a pick and you get a pick and you get a pick six in the first half. And Baylor even being spotted that massive head start uh, can't come through and actually win the damn game. So, yeah, I was really needing Baylor to uh, to pull through with that. Well, I'll tell you what. They couldn't pull through, but Manscaped.com can. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the perfect gift of shaving your entire body, even from the neck down, with the Perfect Package 3.0. That's their Lawnmower 3.0, which has their skin-safe technology, so the tremor does not cut or nick your nuts. It's also waterproof in the shower. John, I know you. I know you like to be groomed. You need the Lawnmower 3.0. Like I said, you can do it in the shower, and it comes with an LED light, so you can do it in the dark, in the shower, if you want. And it has a nice 90 minute battery life. Also in the perfect package 3.0 comes with the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the crop reviver. This product is amazing. It keeps your balls from sweating and it makes them smell good. The manly scent is going to drive the ladies wild. So the perfect package will also come with the best boxer briefs in the world. Get them. I'm telling you, 
They're the best. Manscaped, the perfect package and everything in their stores. 20% off and free shipping if you use promo code armchair. Again, that's promo code armchair. 20% off and free shipping. And remember, Bet Online is the exclusive online wagering partner of the Armchair Media Network. The best gambling week of the year. It's not opening weekend of March Madness. I know that's the popular take. It is the week of Thanksgiving because you get basketball tipping off. You have rivalry games. You have NFL games. Hell, even MLS playoffs and all the European soccer leagues you could want are in full swing. So get over to Bet Online to get ready for that Thanksgiving week. Promo code Armchair for all your welcome bonuses. All right, let's let's talk some good memories. What memory do you hold dearest of the K State Iowa State matchup pre Farmageddon era? I'm going to say that's the era before the games first started going to Arrowhead. Okay, pre-Farmageddon era. That's a, that's a really good question. I was, like, going through the Rolodex of all the Farmageddon era stuff. Um, I mean, so, like, the thing is, was there ever, a, a, like, a close game in that? I mean, I guess I would say 1999. It, it has to be 99, the, the comeback in Ames, where they're down 28-7, to and – they kick it to David Allen like idiots, um, like anybody that was doing it at that point in time. And Allen takes a punt return back for a touchdown. Like Jonathan Beasley got benched in that game for Adam Helm. I think that has to be it because that was one of those, like, you just toyed with them, right? Iowa State fans who had a bad team. I mean, I don't know what the 99 team actually ended up doing for Iowa State, but I'm sure they were bad. And they're out in front of K-State 28-7, to especially when you – I think the other part of that game that's important to remember when you take into context that that was early in the year after 98. So like 98 happens and K-State loses everybody, right? Like everybody. It was like Bishop, Darnell McDonald, like they, Jeff Kelly, like all the studs from that team in large part were gone. And there were all these questions about how K-State was going to rebound. And then early in the year, you're down by three touchdowns in Ames. And everybody's like, what the hell is happening here? And Jonathan Beasley's getting benched. Who's the guy taking over for Bishop. And then, no problem. Kick it to David Allen. Adam Helm will, you know, just lead the offense down the field a couple of times. Quarterback sneak in the game-winning touchdown and walk out of there with a win. So, I'd say that has to be it. Like, the only other times I can remember anything ever, like, remotely interesting happening would be, like, Troy Davis, the year that he was out there, like, damn near winning the Heisman. K-State is still blowing the doors off of Iowa State. Um Honestly, one thing I really remember, too, is 1993, K-State lost that game somehow to Iowa State. That was a game they should have won. Uh, that K-State team that went to the Copper Bowl, Bill Snyder's first bowl team. At the end of the year, like somehow Chad May, Chad May must have been out getting ripped the night before, which was known to happen. Um, but they lose that game in Ames, and it was there was a streaker, like, in the middle of the game. And I know – even, like, I think I've heard Mitch Holtis talk about that really, like, turning the tide of the game there's this weird moment where like a streaker comes out on the field and then k-state loses um i'll give iowa state a bone i guess in this quote-unquote rivalry um for having a game there that they won but that that's really what comes to mind pre-farmageddon era all right farmageddon era if you if you had to pin it down to just two of your favorite moments what would they be you know this is gonna be like crazy to say I think the most enjoyable Farmageddon experience that I've had was 2018 because 2018, there was so much going on, mainly you and Grant uh, on Twitter. Like there was so much shit happening and it was in the context of 
fighting all of these conflicting emotions, right? Because that's the end of the Bill Snyder era. I think everybody, including Mitch Holtis, who I just mentioned, you know, so I can cover myself with Mitch a little bit here and use him as a shield. You know, like th this is leading up to that game. He's coming on our airwaves and basically saying as clear as he can, like Bill Snyder needs to retire. Like the program needs to move on, but there's all this anxiety about, is that going to happen? And they're sitting there on five wins because of course, you know, of course, bowl eligibility hangs in the balance. And so you're going into that game, like, God, it would be better long-term and just cleaner and easier if you lost the game. And of course it's Iowa state and you show up and you're just, whooping their ass up and down the field because why not? And so you're just fighting all these conflicting emotions and I'm watching the carnage of you guys just go in on Iowa state fans. And so it's like, I love that, but I don't love the complication that I can see coming up in the next month. And then everything just totally flip flops. And it, it was just so, there was so much happening that that I don't even care in case they lost the game. That will always be one of the best Farmageddon memories I have just because that was that was what this is, chaos, like that really internet chaos. That, that's what it was, and uh, that's what the rivalry really should be. Um, outside of that, like, honestly, I mean, 2015 is definitely up there. But the problem with 2015 is that, like I said, that was kind of the genesis of it all. And so if 2015 would have happened, like if 2015 happened next Saturday – that would be unbelievable and nothing would ever top it. Like, can you imagine what K-State Twitter would be doing to Iowa State if that's how they lost that game? But 2015 didn't have all that backdrop of the context of everything. Like, it was still – it was kind of like, okay, we're playing Iowa State, sweet. Um, so, I would honestly say, like, last year. Like, just last year because it was the first year for climbing and being able to get one over on Matt Campbell and have a better uh, regular season than him while beating him in a game that I really wasn't expecting K-State to win, in all honesty – um, that's probably number two to me. Uh, unfortunately, that would be short-lived, uh, a short-lived feeling when the Camping World Bowl came around uh, pretty, pretty soon thereafter. But even, hell, even that could be in the, you know, in the top five here of memories just because that, that was all frustration, but that was another one of those moments where it added fuel to the fire of the rivalry. Man, I'll never forget. It was after the uh, Isaiah Zuber, uh, you know, game-winning catch, getting home to Topeka and just – trolling Iowa State fans and then the very next day there was a petition to go to the FBI to look into Big 12 referees and a conspiracy against Iowa State and I will never forget when I saw that on Twitter and I just lost it it was maybe the funniest because you know they picked up flags and it's that screenshot of the you know us draped over their wide receiver and all this type of stuff so I, I think that one uh, because it is the perfect mix of Iowa State fans blaming the refs, hating K-State, social media. Uh, I think that is, at least for me, my top moment. That That is pretty good, because thinking back to it, too, like, I mean, Iowa State did get kind of screwed. Like, there were there some pretty questionable calls there, which makes it better. Like, that, that makes it all the better um, that they do have to sit there and, and waffle in it. I think – I'll give you this just a little bit of perspective. I think the reason that I don't have that up there and that my perspective is skewed on that a bit is because that was one of the games that I was filling in for Smoller on um, the HDTV set. So, like, there's just a lot that you have to focus on because I've got, like, this big post-game highlight reel to, to go through and, like, post-game show. And it's – like, that is a lot of work. I People need to give Brian Smoller a lot of credit for 
for doing that week in and week out because it's a blast. It's really fun, but you are constantly doing things. You are constantly writing down what plays were and trying to keep track of it while you're trying to figure out your quarter highlights that are coming up. And so like there was a lot going on in my head, I guess, long story short, not to get too far down in the weeds. So I was not able to fully embrace that all in 2017. Yeah. So do you think this game in, in you know, we've talked about how wacky college football is. Should this rivalry have a trophy? If so, what do you think it should be? I'm torn on this. I don't feel like a strong urge to create a trophy. Um, I wouldn't totally rule it out if somebody came and presented me with something good. But I feel like if you're trying to create a trophy, the, the, the outcomes that can come of that are like 90% bad. And then there's a 10% chance that like something good or cool or like appropriate would come out of it. The other 90%, it's just going to seem like you're trying way too hard. So like, that's my fear with it. I just, unless something naturally comes about that like makes a lot of sense and, and turns into a meme and picks up some steam and whatever, I just don't want to force it. So let it happen. You know, like if something winds up happening down the road, then cool, like that'll be great. And I think it's just one of those like, like the old saying about pornography, I don't know how exactly to define it, but you'll know it when you see it. Like, I think you'll know it when you see it. If, uh, if something happens in a game or on Twitter or whatever that would turn into like, hey, that would be a good trophy, um, then, then you can roll with that. But until then, like, no, we don't, need, we don't need like an ear of corn. We don't need like some corn-wheat hybrid thing, like none of that. Um, uh, it like, needs to be the battle for the golden pecan pie. It gets played close to Thanksgiving. It's just a pie. Doesn't make sense. I think that works for college football. I don't need your approval. We will keep going. The, the name Farmageddon, though, I don't believe because I spent a little time on both athletic department websites, not officially recognized by either school, but it was in the last version of the NCAA football game. It's mentioned on ESPN and Fox broadcasts. It's on national podcasts. Do you think the athletic departments will ever recognize the name in an official capacity? I don't, I, I don't think they would shut it out. It seems like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to even rack my brain to think if I, I guess not anything like official, official branded, but like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, would you be shocked if Gene Taylor <clears throat> said Farmageddon, like in an interview capacity or an interview setting? Like I could see I'm, that happening. It, it so wouldn't, I, I don't think it's. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't shock me. But again, like if, if you go to – and, again, it's probably because it is something relatively new. You know, it wasn't brought up until – you know, someone tried to tell me Blair Kirkhoff came up with it. I'm pretty sure that was a go Emo thing. They came up with Farmageddon, didn't they? Boy, that's a great question. I mean – I mean, I probably need that, to get that is, Pat Kid on or someone. Yeah. Or whereas Steve, Dave, like somebody – Somebody should be able to speak to that, and I'm sure they'd have an archive because that, like, that's the thing about Goema. They're so good with that stuff, like Jimmy's KSU fans uh, stuff with Octagon of Doom. Like, I very vividly remember that and them coming up with Octagon of Doom and being excited about that, like, um, late 2007 – or, like, early, 2007-2008 season, I think, when he came up with that, and they have it all documented and everything. So it would not surprise me at all. I just know that it – I can remember calling it Farmageddon like once the games were at Arrowhead for sure. Like I can remember being at the game in 2010 at least, the, the Emmanuel Amir blocked extra point one, which that's a great memory for me. I had a 
freaking ball that day. Uh, that was a really fun game. Um, but I, I remember calling it that at the time and like, but in like a, uh, like a mocking tone, kind of like in jest, but I remember it had taken over by that point. So I, I don't remember the total origins of that, but I think the athletic departments, I think they should, I think they should embrace it. Like, you know, clearly nobody's like offended. Well, I shouldn't speak for everybody's 2020, but I don't think what is like somebody going to be offended by that. Like, I don't know what the resistance to it would be, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I don't know, but maybe we'll uh, we'll have to plant the seed before next football season, get it printed on the ticket, Farmageddon, have it on the website, you know, Iowa State, K-State, Farmageddon. So well, I, uh, I can ask Gene. I mean, I, I think we have Gene coming up on uh, on Monday. I'll see if I can if okay, I remember that. Okay, well, you, you should probably say, hey, you know, your friend and mine, Scott, wants to know if uh, it's ever going to be officially recognized. I, you know what? Say, shoot me a text on Monday. I'll, I'll try and remember to do that. Okay, I, I will. So, uh, last few questions. Do you think this game will ever be considered a mainstream rivalry by both fan bases and, you know, beyond just the internet fans? Do you think it'll ever get that distinguishing title, you know, between the old heads who never have gotten to get down the trenches and fight it out on Twitter? I think it will take – I think it would take, like, you know – another 10 plus years of this being a very, very like hotly contested games because K-State has dominated the series, but they have been very close games typically, like good games between moderate to good teams. And if that continues for another 10 years, um, especially if Kansas continues to be as bad as they have been and you're sort of looking for like another natural rival that would be more in the vein of Nebraska, even though Iowa state obviously is not even anywhere close to what Nebraska was there for a while. Uh, I think ever since Nebraska and then later for a little while, Oklahoma like left K-State fans lives. Like you have been sort of searching for that other thing. So I think that that void could be fulfilled. And I think it could even with like the oldest of old heads there after a while, but it, it, it takes time. I just think like those things, really take time you know when they talk about like all the teams going to the the big 10 and like change it like nebraska iowa stuff like that it's like okay that all sounds good in theory but you're going to need that to build up over a long period of time if that's going to turn into an actual rivalry and i think the same is is true here if it continues to be two programs that are on decent footing and typically fairly equal to each other and playing really close games um i I think you can get there but it's not going to happen in the next couple of years Yep, looking beyond uh, bragging rights and internet rewards of this game, if you win, all of a sudden Arlington is back on the table. Does this? Does that make? Does the stakes on that make this maybe the sweetest possible Farmageddon of all time? It does because it's what you talked about earlier, denying Iowa State this like inside track and and almost coronation of being in the Big Twelve Championship game to you yourself putting yourself back in position to play for a big 12 championship yourself and do it in another one of these years where Iowa state is, you know, ceremoniously hyped before the season and the bear is calling them a college football playoff dark horse and all the crap that we heard about Iowa state. And then for it to look like K-State's dead and gone with a true freshman backup quarterback that's having to play and like everybody hurt. Like, yeah, man, I, I think absolutely. Um, because, Think about the landscape of K-State season and how much, you know, it feels like the whole climb and air has been all these like roller coaster, like ups and downs. 
of how you feel about the team of the season, but this is another one of those. Like, if you win this game, all of a sudden you're going to play Baylor, who I think is totally falling apart and not a very good team right now, super winnable game. And then if you win that, the Texas game would be like for a berth in the Big 12 championship game. And it's like Texas in December coming to play a cold game in Manhattan. Like, those are not typical games where Texas thrives. So you're, you're right back in that thing, baby, if you, if you go win that one against Iowa State. So 100%. I think it has the – let me put it this way. The opportunity for the greatest Farmageddon of all time exists here today, and it's not one to be taken lightly. I love it. Final question I have for you. Who gets to that nine-win threshold first, Chris Kleiman or Matt Campbell? Oh, oh boy. Uh, I mean – I would say climate. <laughs> I would say climate. Um, because so what is Iowa State this year? They I mean, they, they, have, they have two losses. So even if they won out, they would be at eight and two going into the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see them winning the Big 12 championship game. I don't. Iowa State has left enough to be desired with the way that they're playing right now, even in, in winning some of these games that, you know, I mean, like Kansas, shoot, Kansas was about to cover until. Uh, Brees Hall's run really late in that game like I don't think that they are winning out so I don't think it's happening this year and then beyond that like I'm just gonna put faith in my guy man I, I think Chris Kleiman sh really should have been there last year if they just don't um, you know if a number of things don't happen in that West Virginia game or the Navy game he would have already gotten there so Iowa State's history combined with what I think Kleiman is and K-State's pedigree as a program like yeah man I think Chris Kleiman gets there first. Definitely. So that's all I have. Thank you so much for joining me on this Farmageddon kickoff. Uh, tell the boneheads or bonehounds as you continue to insist boneheads. on calling them. Uh, tell them anything you'd like to before we close it out. Uh, bonehounds, thank you so much for tuning into uh, this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at JL Kurtz. Uh, the election's been bad for my Twitter following, so let's boost that back up. Um, you can also, I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's probably the number one thing I would push right now. Um, John Kurtz on YouTube. You can find my, the podcast of my daily radio show. Uh, just search the game KMAN on Apple or Google podcasts or, uh, Spotify. We're also on Spotify now and, uh, faithful to our colors. Another podcast that I do that you can find on all the different podcast platforms. So tons of ways to get in touch with me, uh, slide in the DMS on Twitter. I try to respond to people and, uh, yeah. Lots of ways you can get my content. All right. I love it. All right, everyone, buckle up. Uh, put your trolling shoes on because guess what? We're going to win on Saturday. And even if we don't, uh, you know what? Charlie Brown kicks the football, you know, a couple times every 20, 30 years. So it'll be all right, but enjoy the week. Have fun. Embrace the weirdness that is college football. We love you guys. Grant would say meet you at the Cathead. I would just tell everyone to stop being a dick to each other unless they're an Iowa State fan, then you have my per permission. So have fun this week, guys. I caught a bartender. So look, man, come down here. You got down there. So what you want? I don't know when I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man, I'm gonna get loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear. I'm sitting
now At the bar I'm getting drunk I'm feeling mellow I'm drinking bourbon I'm drinking scotch I'm drinking beer Look at the bar They got a bartender Doesn't look mad Come down here So what you want? Drink, man, I'm gonna get gas Gonna get high, man, I ain't had enough Need me a triple shot of that stuff Gonna get drunk, won't you listen right here Your mouth is getting dry. You're plenty high. Look down the bar. I see to my bartender. I said, Look mad. Come down here. You got down there. So, what you want this time? I said, Look mad. Oh, what time is it? He said, The clock on the wall said three o'clock. I'll ask call for alcohol. So what you need?
Sports Social Podcast Network.